0: Thank <laughs> you. Я все десять
1: баллов Вот и жало
2: странных листах мои детские обыдь В моем русском языке, Что бедность уже здесь что сторону просто ебалов
1: Ах, плохо, пришло время кэдит Да,
2: бедность каждый день, как день воскресенье can't beat them
1: У меня была было мечта и никаких ебаных игр Я всего лишь хотел оплатить её Дорогая, дорогая Тебе не нужны такие отношения Я не уверен, что ты смотри, шайб успеть справа с Люблю
0: тебя так и предложение Я верю в твоё дело в анализе ты сможешь положение смотри Теперь мои день в день рождения Ты пальцы не вылежь в Ты пальцы
3: не
0: выпишь, не иди на капли меня. Хоча
3: больше не запишь, Смотри на меня Покажи мне техно Смотри на меня Нет, покажи мне всех Смотри на меня Они не понимают вообще, что Смотри на меня
4: Russian obsession isn't like a Democrat thing only right how's that for some Russian intro right there since they want to blame Russia 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 when we should be blaming Biden, Obama, Clinton, uh, ambassadors, State Department employees, Truman National Security Project, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So right before I went live, so it was kind of, you know, getting a little bit um, push come to shove, I thought I would drop something because a lot of people are so confused as to, oh my gosh, this hack with the pipeline. And I wanted to kind of just uh, reiterate The importance of why I had that grassroots movement for us to send those letters to the attorney generals, because I knew, and I'm going to explain that to you today. So I dropped an article earlier today, like minutes before I went live, uh, you know, showing everyone that Hunter Biden in his own words, not made up, not inferred straight out to his board said he owns 50% of CEFC. Now that's kind of split among Jim, him, and he also holds 10% in his name for Joe Biden. But see, this is all going to come apart at the seams because even if the media doesn't want to report it, because I've sent it to everybody, they're going to have to. There's no going back now. Now that the heck happened, I mean, can you be more obvious so, we'll get into that in the later half. I think it's important that um, I tell all my YouTube and Facebook and DLive people the feed's gonna be terminated uh, right after uh, this uh, report that we're gonna see again in regards to the CDC's misleading mass guidance that they did with Fauci. Reason I terminate on those is because anytime I put out news. I'm dinged. I'm banned. And I still want to have a way to inform people. I'm still here. I'm still talking and we're still making waves. So, um, to remain on those platforms, I have to sequester on a platform that at least acknowledges free speech and ensures that, um, we have somewhere where we can have conversations. So, and that's on the front facing soon. We'll all be on another platform. But that's a story for another times because the Quicks device is going to change things. Now let's um, move on to this report. I think it, you guys are going to find it quite interesting. There's so many of you that, you know, constantly tell me this about the vaccines, this about, you know, the mandates. And I'm like, yeah, well, we already talked about that last year, March. So let's see what they're doing now, a year later.
5: Future, we know that these people in power, they're loving the masks, especially Fauci, Walensky. All these people really care about is viruses. They care about nothing else. They don't care about your quality of life. They don't care about our economy. They only care about people not getting viruses. Here's Fauci on the idea of seasonal mask wearing.
1: So it is conceivable that as we go on a year or two or more from now, That during certain seasonal periods, Mm -hmm. when you have respiratory-borne viruses like the flu, people might actually elect to wear masks to diminish the likelihood that you'll spread these respiratory-borne diseases.
5: He's not wrong. Kindly follows the CDC and National Institutes of Health. That's not the way this is supposed to be. The same people that excoriated Trump for pushing back on our health leaders are now starting the process of doing the same thing because they're sick of all of this. Biden is walking around outside with a mask on while fully vaccinated. We see this. With what we know now, Biden looks like this guy, to me anyway.
6: Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial
1: passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation. The NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain of function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of we do
6: support it in the US we have 11 labs doing it and
5: you have allowed it here All right so that's just some of it uh, talk a little bit about what exactly gain of function is and do you believe what Dr Fauci told you today
6: No he was being dishonest in fact one of the main papers that was published by Dr Shi in Wuhan instant Institute, says in the byline, funded by NIH and funded specifically by the NIAI, which is AID, which is uh, Fauci's group. So no, he, he completely dissembled on that. He's leading you to believe something that's not true. This kind of stuff needs to be watched. And do we trust the Chinese enough? And why in the heck are we giving money to the Chinese anyway? I thought they are a rich country. Why don't they fund their own damn research?
5: I, 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 the, a great question. Well, why do we give the Chinese money to do anything?
4: Why are the Chinese control of all our oil and gas? Why are they giving easements on our pipelines? Why do they have access to our power grid? That's because they own our energy departments and divisions. That's the whole plan of this Green New Deal. But I digress. We also give them access to our health.
5: Is my question and who trusts what they say they're doing with it. Uh, Real quick though, about gain of function. You said we do it in this country too. Why exactly are we doing this?
6: We have 11 different uh, labs that do it in our country. They're very, very risky labs, very, very dangerous. And the reason they say they do it is they want to see if they can change an animal virus into a human virus. They say, oh, then we'll learn how to combat it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that logic is true anymore because with the DNA sequencing and RNA sequencing, if we get a new virus, they can sequence it in a day or two and they have the ability to develop these mRNA vaccines within a couple of weeks, they don't need to be creating these super viruses because they could get out of the lab. And the way it works is, it's not like a vial of the virus has to go out of the lab. Someone accidentally breathes the virus in, they don't know they're sick because like with COVID, some people get really sick, some people don't. If the first person worked in the lab, and there is at least somebody they're aware of that worked in the lab, if they got sick, It's not that they did it on purpose. It could be an accident. A worker gets sick, goes out and infects 20 other people. And then before you know it, all of Wuhan's got it.
5: Um, I I want to shift gears here again. Uh, The Senate taking up the Democrats new voting bill uh, that would, among other things, push just mass mail in voting absentee everywhere you go. Uh, Republican states have been passing election integrity laws kind of in the face of this. It led to an exchange between Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell uh, today. Take a look.
1: Here in the 21st century, we are witnessing an attempt at the greatest contraction of voting rights since the end of Reconstruction and the beginning of Jim Crow. We aren't going to let one party take over our democracy under the false pretense of
5: saving. I thought that was a great line by McConnell. What did you make of that?
6: Well, here's the thing. What Chuck Schumer said is just blatantly false. People are voting at higher percentages than they ever have. Interestingly, African-Americans are voting at a higher percentage in places like Mississippi. This is a good thing. In fact, the Republican Party has always stood for voting rights. We were the ones who actually voted against all the Jim Crow laws. It was Democrats who voted for Jim Crow laws. It was Democrats that were beating John Lewis as he crossed the bridge in Selma. Republican Party's history is good on this. And the election integrity laws that we passed in my state in Kentucky and in Georgia actually expand early voting. We're for more people voting. Really, voting should be one person at a time and it should be done in person.
5: That makes sense. And uh, the other side, I mean, these elections are are so valuable. I mean, they're worth probably trillions of dollars. So uh, to secure them uh, means everything. Uh, Kentucky Senator Rand Paulser, thank you so much for taking the time. Good to see you. Thank you.
4: So he said it takes these elections are worth trillions of dollars. Well, let me tell you something. President Trump would have cost China every single bit of access to our energy. He disallowed them from the energy grids. Now we have Huawei being sold in the United States again. Gave them access to power grids, and now there was a hack. The hack was nothing more than for them to see who's got what, who is leaking what, if they're leaking anything, and can we manage our books? The hack was simply them checking that their investments were intact. And the ability for China to access our power grids was what you do for your lease guy, right? These are the easements, leaseholder easements. It was very important what we did when we sent those letters to the AG. And thank God, one time, AG Yost, showed a little bit more red than he does blue by sending that demand letter saying that they're not going to be allowed to access our grids in Ohio. Now, while many people will sit there and tell you, trust this, trust that you got to trust yourself. You are in control and we ensured, well, at least for those States that had an AG respond on their behalf to secure their States energy. And well, Ohio's very well known for its debacle in Clinton Management Energy Services, a.k.a. Enron. So we have a lot to talk about today, and tomorrow we're going to have an early show. Tomorrow, I'm going to be streaming around 10 o'clock as an introductory, and then we're going to have a live show um, of a live show. You'll see what I mean. Because there's a lot of things that are coming into focus now. And it's really, really important that, you know, we start having the right conversations. It's extremely important to have the right conversations. Anyone who thinks that Hunter Biden is an idiot has no idea what he's been doing for the past decade. Anyone who thinks that Biden is in control, is also an idiot because he's simply there for the ride. And let me tell you something. When this all comes out, the Biden crime family will be front and center. You will see that the mafia just changed. It's not what you think. I mean, the cartels are mafia too. They've been running everything running everything. Well, there's bigger cartels than that. And they've sold your nation out while being paid with your tax dollars. And not only that, they've taken our tax dollars and used it to enrich themselves overseas. Selling our nation's vital resources, corrupting our actual infrastructure. We're not talking about lactation and babysitting. We're talking about energy. We're talking about agriculture, okay? We're talking about our bridges, our roads, our ports, our airports. Those are the things that are actual infrastructure. And they have sold all of those. Anyone telling you anything different. Anyone telling you, oh, it's just, you know, Hunter Biden just got a little bit of money from Burisma, you know, and and did this in the Ukraine. That was energy too, You don't seem to understand. They're going to take your oil. They're going to take your gas. They're going to get you green. And then they're going to charge you for the oil and the gas you're going to need. Because you will need it. In order to make green things, you need gas. Windmills are powered with gas. You're going to be paying carbon credits. And you know who's going to be making money? The global nation. The global government not you, not your nation, you'll be under their control. That's the real green new deal. And China's the one that can get in. They've been in all over the world. So when other people are talking about things like he sniffs kids, they have sex with children, we've seen it, we've got it on video. We've got pictures. So is anybody doing anything? No. Is anyone going to report on it? No. But when it comes to being able to turn on your lights and put gas in your car, it's no longer a partisan thing. It's no longer a conspiracy theory. It's not a coincidence that on Thursday, I mentioned the gas. I had a meeting just to provide information on the gas, the oil, and the energy, and they got hacked. Because they had to speed up their timeline. See, when people put pressure on you, you trip up. It was only a week. But hey, why not? Let's set some fire to that rain. While people are making fun of Hunter Biden's sex antics, his drug addiction, which are simply there and exist to control Hunter himself. You have to understand that he is very smart. So I'm going to take... No... We're going to, I just wanted to say that because what we are seeing right now is uh, reminiscent of the 1970s. And I think I said that a couple of weeks ago, how I said, this is exactly what happened with Nixon. What? Didn't I? Well, I'm glad other people see that too. Because the minute you look at your history, you understand where you are in the present and you can definitely see your future.
7: Hello, and thanks for joining us. I'm Steve Cortez. And
6: I'm Jen Pellegrino. You know, Steve, President Joe Biden entered office back in January on inherited momentum, a recovering economy at least two vaccines to distribute thanks to Operation Warp Speed and a world that was really largely at peace. Now, fast forward to just over 100 days later, and the wheels are coming off the wagon a bit here, Steve.
7: No, you know, it really seems that way because the headlines this week, let's face it, Jen, uh, they are troubling, to say the least, from economic headwinds here at home to a Mideast that is on fire right now. This early Biden performance should reinforce for every single American, for every citizen out there, just how important elections are.
6: You're right. You know, and one step forward, two steps back is the expression that comes to mind. But Steve, you know, it feels like this giant leap backwards in every way, politically and economically. Uh, the Biden administration is turning back the clock to a time that we'd really rather not go back to.
7: That's correct. Unfortunately, uh, a time machine and the wrong kind, because folks, welcome back to the 1970s, and you can thank President Joseph Biden for this 50-year step backwards. Consider some of the frightening similarities, a massive spike in inflation, gasoline shortages, America threatened abroad by an increasingly dangerous foe, rising crime plaguing dangerous streets, and, as if all that's not bad enough, growing racial strife. Folks, in just over 100 days in office, Biden has created an incredibly troubling new normal, a new normal that we can't accept as normal, a quick and growing decline that should alarm every American and should serve as a rally cry to action. Biden and Harris, they are one trick ponies when it comes to the economy. Their answer is always the same, spend more, six trillion more on top of the already bloated $5 trillion regular federal budget. Bond markets have answered back as inflation takes hold with abandon all over the country. Since Biden's election, gasoline prices prices have soared higher, with gasoline futures up an astounding 72% since November 3rd. Reckless spending, well, it's pushing inflation higher everywhere, and Biden's war on American energy, energy sure didn't help either, shutting pipelines down even before the recent hackers jumped in on his bandwagon. And now you're feeling it at the pump. Gas prices, well, they've risen above $3 a gallon on a national average for the first time since 2014, and much higher than that in many places, as I don't have to tell a lot of you, especially on the West Coast. Grocery and home improvement trips, well, they've gotten a lot more painful too, thanks in part to skyrocketing corn and lumber prices. And this colonial pipeline attack, well, it makes it clear that our adversaries, They neither respect nor fear Biden as a commander-in-chief. This is especially true with China, which is the biggest threat to America's economic and national security. Make no mistake, China in the 2020s is the equivalent of what the Soviet Union was in the 1970s. And like his pal Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden is totally unable to confront this dire foreign threat. Just look and consider how the Chinese foreign minister dressed down Secretary of State Tony Blinken on American soil, no less. And very tellingly, the Chinese used the left's same racially tinged talkers to insult America, repeating the very things that Biden and Harris say week after week. And welcome back to another marker of the 1970s violence and crime. Biden and his allies, they support anti-police forces all over the country. And blue cities like Chicago spiral out of control. On Mother's Day weekend in Chicago, the city saw its 200th shooting death of 2021 out of a total of over 1,100 total shootings. The trend for the summer, it looks grim for places like the Windy City. And at the same time, what's Biden doing? He's ramping up the racial strife. America is systemically racist, he tells us, and we have a stained soul. His Department of Education pushes lies on our children with the 1619 Project. And his corporate allies, CEOs of places like Disney, force employees to endure demeaning indoctrination about critical race theory. But, unfortunately, this record of racial incitement for for Biden, well... It's hardly new. Let's look at his actual record on race and let's look at it by the numbers. I like to go to the numbers in my chalk talk, Biden and race. First, let's talk about polling. This is from The New York Times and CBS News. The last time Joe Biden was in power when he was vice president of the United States, when he and Obama took office in 2008, race relations in polling, 66 percent of Americans said race relations were good. Eight years later, by the time they left office in 2016, 69% it had completely flipped. 69% said race relations were bad. Think about that. Think about the division that they fomented And he's going to do it again. Also, let's talk about the economic welfare of minorities. Black household net worth. During the entirety, those eight years that Obama and Biden were in the White House, black household net worth declined, according to Fed data, 30 percent. A staggering loss. So here's the reality. When we look at Joe Biden, when we look at his record, what he has done, when we look at what he is doing right now, I have to think and frankly hope that a lot of Biden voters are getting buyer's remorse. Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video.
4: Buyer's remorse, really? Well, I don't know how I feel about that because they didn't do much in showcasing because they don't want to be canceled. See, you can't cancel the truth. They can try, but you can't. See, here's some truth coming out of Australia, and you have to wonder why. And now you're going to understand the hack. You're going to understand the shutdowns. You're going to understand what we've been doing as a team.
1: Much more to talk about than that. Your response to my China warnings on Monday night about the prospect of a biological war demonstrated the degree of public understanding and concern. It doesn't seem to be matched by government. Last night, one word was missing from the budget speech. China. I said on Monday that the enemy of Australia today is not so much China, but rather those in authority who neglect to recognise that China is a threat. Of course, there is a further threat to Western democracy and that lies in the weakness and incoherence of the 78-year-old US president who can't deliver a sentence without notes or a teleprompter. Just have a look at this bloke. Now, we can't be serious that this is the leader of the Western world. Do you think he knows anything about China?
0: The way Trump, the way China will respond is when we gather the rest of the world that, in fact, in in, free, in 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 open trade and making sure that we're in a position that the world uh, that that we deal with WHO the right way. That that in fact, that's when things begin to change. I, uh, you know, I, I I looked at it anyway. That's what I think my plan... I know what my plan does. I mean, no, no, but I mean, think of... I mean, it's not about... I, I know you're supporting by saying
4: booing, but look, here's the deal. Now, as you listen to all of these bloopers and them showcasing how he can't tie his shoe, right? As you listen to this, I want you to remember, they're not on your side. What the Australians are doing are giving more leverage to China. They're putting pressure on those in elected office, on Senator Hoven, on Biden, on Kamala, on Schumer, on Pelosi, or what is it called? Tiger. (laughs) That's right. Because as long as China feels that they're not in control, they're like, we want more. We want more. Assure us that we're going to be fine. We want more. I'm telling you, they're not your friend. Enjoy the show because it's 100% truth. And the only reason they're putting this truth out, why the subjects of Australia are putting this truth out, is because they're helping China with leverage.
1: Here is the same man talking about entering the Senate 180 years ago, and 10 years as vice president, 180 years ago. Listen to this, and 10 years as vice president.
0: That's why I made it a priority in my entire career to work closely with you. From the time I got to the Senate 180 years ago, <laughs> you know, as well as my 10 years as vice president.
1: From the time I entered the Senate 180 years ago and my 10 years as vice president, this is elder abuse. The man should go. But what is just as bad is that all we get from a new Biden administration, brainwashed by the left, they can't trot out anything to him and he'll say what he likes. It's just woke nonsense. And should Biden go, of course, as he surely must, Kamala Harris would be worse.
4: Now, let me tell you something. See, the Bidens own a big chunk of the businesses, and we're going to get into that today, of China. I'll let you guys see what they're telling you. But I want you to keep in mind, China has a lot to benefit now by removing Biden. Biden has leverage because he owns 50% of their U.S. side of CEFC. The U.N. has placed a handler on Hunter Biden, and he's currently in California under lockdown with that wife-slash-handler. You know how that works. What Australia is doing right now is exactly what the CCP want. An argument to bring Kamala Harris— which will make Hunter and Joe and Jim and Sarah and Dr. Jill Biden and all their other counterparts that are sitting in elected offices that have a chunk of this, silent partners, that they will just pay minimum, that they will have no clout or say, and China will reign with no stops. Now, Kamala Harris, on the other hand, has a lot of backing from the UN and, uh, you know, these... Extreme organizations that want to put a handle on China. So the military industrial complex, like I've said, it's two titans. Yet they played with China thinking they can uh, rein them in, which is dumb. Why would you think that you can give so much power to one nation that has 20% of the global population and then seek to put a leash on them? It doesn't work like that. And their history throughout time indicates that. They're persistent. They wait until you eat yourself. And then they come in. The way they do war is not by coming head on. Oh, yes, they're they're putting pressure now. But we can't do anything with the administration that's currently in office. And so they're trying to leverage the cartels, because this is all mob stuff, They're trying to leverage the part of the UN that doesn't want to bend the knee to the Chinese. The EU is still salty about Ukraine and how that was stolen from them by the Chinese. And the one thing the EU and the Chinese see eye to eye on is that Russia is a big threat to both of them. They're in surplus. They're fine within their borders. And they have no problem striking back. So I want you to have that in mind as he speaks, giving you pleasure pointing out truths, but the way and why he's pointing them out is exactly for them to have more leverage.
1: This affects us. I'll come to that in a moment. You will recall that at the International Summit on Climate Change, Biden read the left-wing bureaucratic line to cut 2005-level greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2030. Now, that's a goal twice as ambitious as that even set by the Obama administration. To his credit, our Prime Minister didn't commit himself to this net zero emissions nonsense by 2050. Biden responded by ranking our Prime Minister on the list of speakers 22 out of 40. Who was the number one speaker? China, whose contribution to global emissions in 2018 was greater than that of the entire OECD. If it's not climate change, it's the determination of Biden backers to pack the Supreme Court with additional justices to accommodate the lurching left of the Democratic Party. Franklin D. Roosevelt tried this in 1937 failed. No president since has tried to change the court, but Biden's under pressure from the left and doesn't have the cognitive capacity to take them on. In another left wing announcement, he has said that America would take take in up to 62,500 refugees this year more than four times the cap imposed by donald trump and reading from a left-wing bureaucratic script biden stumbled out the argument that quote the low number set by the previous administration of fifteen does doesn't reflect america's values as a nation whatever that means but of course the mexican border or like the mexican border if you let them in biden's team would be hoping that next time around they'll vote democrat but now to australia because one of the biggest issues biden now faces is the U.S. pullout from Afghanistan by September 11. That'll leave 17,000 Afghan interpreters who've risked their lives working for the U.S. military and are now trying to leave the war-torn country ahead of Biden's September 11 deadline when remaining U.S. forces will be withdrawn. Now, understand me, these are Afghan interpreters who've been helping us in Afghanistan. The Republican Michael McCall got it right when he said, and I quote, these interpreters... Have a bullseye on their backs. And, quote, we have a duty and a moral responsibility to protect them from the Taliban and Al Qaeda, warned Republican McCall. If we do not give them special immigrant visas, they'll be left behind and slaughtered by the enemy. Unquote. President Obama's very ambassador to Afghanistan, Ryan Crocker, addressed the issue in the New York Times when he said the Taliban view them as traitors. Unquote. This is Obama's ambassador to Afghanistan. But in Biden's advanced state of cognitive decline, Biden wouldn't have a clue. Says Crocker, since twenty fourteen, there have been at least three hundred targeted killings of people who work with us. Now this is they worked with American troops and our troops. He went on. Many more will die if the administration doesn't take immediate steps to speed up the process and get them out safely, unquote. The Republican Mike Waltz, who served multiple tours in Afghanistan said, quote, they're being hunted down right now as we speak, they are reaching out to me, these interpreters, in a panic. Well, what's Biden's response of a handful of days ago? According to his defence secretary, there is no plan for evacuation. In other words, a pathetically weak and left-wing American administration under Biden has made no decision in spite of multiple warnings as to how to protect these translators and their families, after the US withdrawal is complete, which brings us back to this Brereton report. Our men too were in Afghanistan facing murderers and killers. Our men too had a bullseye on their backs. And now because of Brereton and unproven evidence, our soldiers are being hung out to dry by people who've never fired a shot in anger. It is clear that the Biden administration and those in politics and the defence hierarchy in Australia who are happy to accept the Brereton Report's brutal truths have one thing in common. Yep, we've got one thing in common with the Biden administration: the abandonment of those sent to serve, and now the abandonment of people like the Afghan interpreters who assisted greatly in that service. Hopefully, someone will rescue these Afghan interpreters, just as hopefully someone will rescue the good men named in the Brereton Report by those who have no idea what our men and the Americans were fighting in Afghanistan. Biden and Brereton are in the same camp. Neither the interpreters nor our soldiers should be sacrificed to the musings of those who seem to have little understanding of war.
4: Little understanding of war, (laughs) say the Australians. So in 2018 I I kept telling you what you have to ask yourself is why is everybody going to Africa? What's up, right? And I also did warn in 2018 and 2019 when you see Africa come into the picture, this is where stuff's going to hit the fan. Now while many people decide to not look at the news, not stand back and say, "Oh, you know, this is What's really happening. And instead, now every right wing, you know, outlet and alternative and look at me, I know what I'm talking about. And I have insiders, and I'd really love to see how they get these insiders. Um, is now complaining that they don't have gas. And it's like, well, if you were actually paying attention to the news, you'd know what's happening. If you were actually paying attention to energy, you'd know what's happening. But for some reason, you were focused on whatever else. The bottom line here is it's all about energy. It's not a coincidence that pipelines are being struck in the Mediterranean right now. I mean, Kamala gave a shit ton of money to Palestine. We all know Palestine and Israel want to find some amicable, you know, discussions happening. But for some reason, Hamas is hitting pipelines that are working with Egypt and Cyprus, and Greece. I mean, we went over those pipelines a long time ago because it was important to know them. So that way you can see this coming. So I talk about the easements that Turkey has, Qatar, the Muslim Brotherhood, the radicalization. See, this is why Erdogan is going to be knocked out. There's one thing playing both sides and skirting. There's another one when they catch you, when two evil sides cross each other, all you're going to get is death. All you're going to get is destruction. And this is what's happening. We just need to sit back and let it happen. This is it. Turkey did it. The UN helped facilitate it by giving them that easement with Lebanon, Libya, and I said Lebanon, with Libya. And General Haftar, you know, is working with Greece, with Egypt, with Israel, with Cyprus. Yet for some reason, Hamas would go and mess that all up. When everything was in place for the Palestinians, it makes zero sense. The conversations that they would have. So what are they going to say? We don't know. It's because nobody is helping give the leverage that Biden thought he would have. These corrupt idiots thought that once they're back in the seat, that they would have the leverage. Obama thought that because he was in the background talking and traveling, they're the same like you. They're going to speak out of both sides of their mouth. You think? that they would let that happen when an administration like Trump's was giving everyone control of their own nation and trying to mitigate the disasters that were happening. So I'm going to take you back in time. I um, believe I played this clip in 2018. I think it's important that we see it again and listen to it again. It's very important
2: into the continent of Africa to build massive infrastructure projects. Much of this infrastructure is part of China's Belt and Road Initiative, an estimated $1 trillion plan to connect the country to trade routes all over the world. African leaders like Kenya's Uhuro Kenyatta have favorably compared China's investments to earlier projects built by colonial powers.
3: Where the old railway was built by force and violence, Against the wishes of those whose land is divided, the new railway is built by consent and partnership, both between ourselves and China and between the governments, which will prosper and profit by it.
2: But is China's investment in the continent actually a win-win, as some African and Chinese leaders have said, or just a new form of colonialism on a continent that's experienced so much of it? In this episode, we're examining China's Belt and Road Initiative and what it might mean for Africa. While China's Belt and Road Initiative was only proposed in 2013, the country's first infrastructure project on the African continent was built decades ago. The Tazara Railway, completed in 1976, was built to connect copper mines in Zambia to Dar es Salaam, Tanzania's former capital. The Tazara Railway was the first infrastructure project built on a pan-African scale. China's Belt and Road projects will be designed with this scale in mind, creating new trade routes within and between African countries. In 2017, a Chinese firm opened a railway network in Kenya, connecting its capital Nairobi to the port city of Mombasa. There are already plans to extend this network into South Sudan, Uganda, Rwanda, and Burundi, China.
4: So at the time, they were saying there were already plans to do this. Uganda and Rwanda. Weren't those the two nations that Patrick Ho was supposedly bribing and was prosecuted by the Department of Justice for using a U.S. bank to do it? In actual fact... It was State Department money that was given to these nations to bribe them to take that money. Back in 2015, when Greece was broke and people were running a GoFundMe um, to get them out of debt, the IMF forced Greece to sell part of its infrastructure. Piraeus, one of the oldest shipping ports on earth known for trade, was sold to the Chinese under the purview of the IMF. I want to make that clear.
2: Through its public and private sectors, has already loaned about $132 billion to African countries from 2006 to 2017. Many observers worry that African countries won't be able to pay back these debts, placing them in what's been called a, quote, debt trap. The Jubilee Debt Campaign, which campaigns for poor countries to be canceled, estimates that about 20 percent of debt held by African governments is owed to China, making it the single largest lending nation. For comparison, 35 percent of African debt is owed to multilateral global institutions like the World Bank. Earlier waves of Chinese firms that invested in Africa made mistakes that caused problems for those countries' governments. Starting in 2005, tens of thousands of workers from China poured into the West African country of Ghana to take advantage of a gold rush. This eventually provoked a local backlash due to accusations of illegal mining, inflaming tensions between Chinese miners and the local government. Many observers have pointed to projects like this as examples of China exploiting Africa for its natural resources through, quote, neo-colonialist behavior. However, other observers contend that the majority of investment from China has largely avoided creating the problems seen in Ghana's gold mines, precisely because resource extraction has not been the main focus of other investments. In fact, the number one industry for Chinese investment has been the service industry, according to IMF economist Wenjie Chen. She also points out that the countries where China's investment has been largest include those without abundant natural resources, such as Ethiopia and Kenya, in addition to resource-rich countries like Nigeria. Ultimately, African governments may feel that the risk of accumulating debt is outweighed by the benefits of new infrastructure. The China-Africa Research Initiative found that roughly 40% of China's loans between 2000 and 2015 went towards paying for energy projects. And another 30% went toward modernizing transportation on the continent.
4: So I want to make that clear. Energy. And who was in Africa giving all our money? USA dollar dollar paper dollar dollar to these African governments for energy. None other than the owners of 50% of CEFC U.S.
2: These loans were set at relatively low interest rates and with longer periods of time to pay them back. The Center for Global Development crunched the numbers on debt to China as a result of the Belt and Road Initiative and found that 8 of the 71 countries involved in the project were particularly vulnerable to getting caught in a debt trap. Of these eight countries, only one was in Africa, Djibouti, a port country that's also become a military strategic point for China. The other seven countries are in Europe and Asia. Nevertheless, China has denied engaging in debt trap diplomacy. In an attempt to strengthen this collaboration, China has also promised to align its goals for the Belt and Road Initiative with the African Union's own development goals of greater interconnectivity on the continent. However, these promises have yet to be outlined. Ultimately, China's push in Africa may be seeking to increase the country's influence, rather than reap financial gains. Its investments are already strengthening China's alliances with African governments, to China's benefit. Every African country but Eswatini, formerly known as Swaziland, has cut ties with Taiwan, a prerequisite for diplomatic relations with mainland China. Some observers think that as African countries rise economically, they could actually have the upper hand by the time they negotiate payments back to China. This explains why African leaders have been so confident in calling Chinese investment a win-win. But only time will tell if their long game pans out. So do you think China's investments in Africa will be a boon to the continent? Or are they a form of neo-colonialism?
4: Oh, are they getting woke now? But they're okay with China, China, paper dollar right here. Did you know that according to statistics, do you know which state has the biggest Chinese population? I want you guys, I'm putting this question out. You know what? I should put it on the banner and I'll be looking at the, you know, what state has is booming, is booming with Chinese um, residents that are coming from China, by the way. Okay. They're coming from China. So I'll just, no, I want you guys to take a look. Oh, look at that. Let's see. Some of you got it. Some of you got it. So let me tell you something. Let's walk this back. So you understand how Dala Dala make you holla, <laughs> um, when it comes to the yen. So, I've talked about Governor Burgum and how he's the governor of North Dakota. And North Dakota is red, not because it's Republican, but because it's Chinese. And he's also really good friends with Bill Gates. They're in business together. He's the one that created the contact tracing app, said that he did it all for $11,000. Stop. So um, he only used $11,000 of North Dakota taxpayer dollars, right? He actually created a tracking app for all the people that watch, you know, the North Dakota State football games, and the idiots sign up for that shit so they can be tracked every single day, even when they're not at a game. They've put that in their phone. So Doug Burgum, also as governor, owns half of the city of Fargo, like physically, like the land, physically owns half of the city of Fargo, North Dakota. I'm not joking. And guess where all these Chinese people from China are coming to? You guessed it, Fargo, North Dakota, right where Mr. Bergum owns a shit ton of property. They're making some really nice buildings with loans from Chicago that are, get this, backed by Chinese. So not only that, right? At the border of North Dakota, right? Borders on the other side in Canada, There are Chinese troops training. Everyone was putting out all these. We talked about this all over the years. It's crazy. While we're looking at the South, we're not looking at the North. And I've always said, pay attention to the flag. Pay attention to the people that you don't pay attention to the most. Because when they're making noise in one place, it's because they're distracting you. Because they've got them somewhere else. They've got their down and dirty somewhere else. The Dakota Access Pipeline was a big thing, right? They blocked it. They were like, no clean water, no, right? And they made it a sham. Why did they make it a sham? You want to know why? Because if China wasn't going to help Hillary Clinton get elected, if China wasn't going to help get rid of Trump, they were going to stop the gas being funneled out. It was all politics. It had nothing to do with native American reservations, nothing to do about water, nothing to do about native lives matter. These people were paid to go there and shit stir so that they can have leverage on the Chinese. And now you're seeing it again, shutting down the pipeline. Why? Oh, China, you don't think that we can handle these Americans? You think we ain't got them wrapped around? Watch us flex. We're going to keep every citizen on their knee. Now, you better own up to the deal we have because we're not getting the money we see and we're supposed to do this, says mobster family, Biden crime family. You're not going to do this? Look, look at this goodwill. I'm going to let you have access to the energy grid. This is legit the conversation, Uh, not word for word. Legit the conversation. I cut the Dakota access pipe. You're not going to get any gas. I know you want to take that gas and give it to the Africans at top dollar. I know you want to get that gas for everything else, but I just cut that out. But I'm giving you the access to the power grids because you're a leaseholder. So this is the way I show you access because you have a leaseholder easement. What did you just say, China, that you're putting your foot down? Look here. Take a look at the colonial pipelines. Take a look at this. No one's going to bother us. We're going to get rid of all of them. No one can do anything. Watch us. We're going to make them have a civil war. They won't even see it coming. We're going to have blacks against whites. I'll just put out this really racist policy and everyone's going to shut up and take it because I said so. Pay attention. I'm going to get them to physically have a war because for some reason, these damn stupid gun tooting conservatives are sitting in their house and I want to push them out, but we're not. We're still free on paper. And that's what's up. And what they don't like is that we're holding the line. And we're like, nope, you're not going to make us. Nope, you're not going to make us. Keep pulling your pants down. You're not going to make us. You're not going to make us. You're not going to make us. So we're holding the line. And he's upset because he's trying. He's like, look, I just put out the most racist policy as president. And no one said a word. Look, they even have my son's laptop. And you know, some of them have his phone and iPad and shit. And no one's doing anything. Look, we control the right media too. Do you hear, did you hear Jack Vasobic, who speaks Chinese, ever translate to you about the energy that that Hunter Biden's involved in? In fact, he was laughing it off like Hunter Biden, some fucking idiot. Well, he's not. He did deals in Africa, Yemen, Oman, the pipelines there. We talked about that before, right? None of these people are for you. The whole point is to push you into war. They want you to get in there and start fighting. They're pushing your buttons everywhere. Why hasn't Bannon reported on this shit? Why hasn't Fox done it? Why hasn't Newsmax done it? Why hasn't Tucker? They pushed this assistant like she's some idiot. Why haven't they told you that the CIA director, the position of CIA director is owned by the Chinese. Actually, it's owned by the Hong Kongese, okay? To be clear. Let's get that clear. Is another type of chairman. So the question is, why aren't they talking about this? Do they not read the same thing? Because most of this stuff is on the laptop. It's a question that you should be asking yourself. Why aren't they talking about this? Why aren't they... Putting this out. That's why I wrote the stupidest simple article. Because people have zero patience. The Bidens own 50% of a CCP energy company. Wake up. That's it. Hmm. Wait till you find out how they own the CIA office. The director is owned. They bought that office. What you need to understand is that they own everything. Now, debt is how they control people. This is how they control Ukraine. This is why Putin was like, yo, Ukraine, you don't have to go with them. You can hang out with us just like Crimea is. I'm not going to mess with you. You guys can be independent. Just don't get into debt with them because they're just going to take your nation. And it sucks. We used to have so much history. But no, Obama needed to fix that because China wanted that energy group. Now, look at the top 10 African countries with the most Chinese debt pretty interesting
3: african countries with the most china debt hello explorers! welcome back to another informative video and thanks for watching in this video we shall be presenting the top 10 african countries with the most chinese debt the relation between china and africa is referred to as sino-african relation and this relation dates back as early as the 15th century however modern political and economic relations between africa and china commenced in the era of Mao Zedong following the victory of Chinese Communist Party in the Chinese Civil War. Starting in the 21st century, the modern state of the People's Republic of China has built increasingly strong economic ties with Africa. There are an estimated 1 million Chinese citizens residing in Africa. Additionally, it has been estimated that 200,000 Africans are working in China. Now a video on the top 10 African countries with the most Chinese population. Click on the card on your screen to check it out. In 1980.
4: Hold on, before we get into that, someone asked a question and that was such that was such a odd question, but we should um put it together. Why can't the CCP just wipe out Hunter and make him disappear? Yeah, they could do that. But what they've done won't disappear. They could wipe out every single senator, congressperson, ambassador and judge and all the Bidens and the Obamas and they won't be able to cover it. They know that Americans will not let it die, right? They will take it to the field. They know that. They know that. So they are using them as leverage now. You can't undo it. It's very, very in line. Now, many say, well, you know, some journalists helped break it. You know, the laptop. Yeah, they broke prostitutes, pedophilia, Feet sex, Parmesan, crack. They didn't put out, sold our energy, stole our energy. They're being used as leverage to maim our nation. They totally took over everything that has to do with our energy. And it all ties into the Green New Deal. I mean, I don't see how they don't see that. But Tory, the Green New Deal is a UN thing. Well, wait till you see what deals the Bidens have with the UN too. His phone had a bunch of crap of that, a bunch of it. So while they're showing you stuff, that's all diddly, right? Oh, look, he's smoking a crap pipe while the foot hooker is teaching his dead brother's wife that he's having sex with how to be a good foot sex partner. That's not what we care about. What we care about is being able to turn the lights on in our house, to put gas in our car, right? Right? Nobody cares about that. Bobulinski was the closest one to give you some insight on how involved Joe Biden was. But nobody's talking about it. This is massive, 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 massive. And it sucks that it's not getting the coverage it should. And that people are trying to smooth it over with, oh, he's just a crackhead. He's totally not a crackhead. Let's take a break. Let's get that coffee going before we get into Africa.
3: Rico
6: Suave.
0: Rico. Suave, Seguro que han oído que yo soy educado Soy un caballerito, un chico, mi empotado Un hombre responsable y siempre bien mentido Yo no sé quién ha mentido I don't drink or smoke and into the dope Once I know coke, you ask me how do I do it, I cope My only addiction has to do with a female species I eat raw like sushi No me gusta antes, con mi lo es moderno
4: That's right. I was going to say something on that. I'll leave that. All right. Welcome back. I hope you guys got coffee. Let's continue on Africa because I want you to see how much debt African nations actually have. Now you'll understand why everyone's there. They're all waiting for us to tumble. We're the only one left standing. And for some reason, the selected administration by the corporations that are making bank on this are like, don't worry, we got this. We're shutting up anybody who refuses to fall in line. We got the New York Times emailing people. We will cancel them so hard. The banks will cancel you because they're going to lose a lot of money if this doesn't fly through. They'll lose a lot of money. A lot of money. Now, I wanted to say something. I don't think I mentioned this. But for the past week, you know, having phone calls and everything's monitored, you know, um, and those that are around me know, I've had to call my bank more than three times a day to unlock my debit card. I'm not kidding you. Not only did they have to unlock my debit card, but when I called to unlock my debit card, the banking professional then blocked my other card on my secondary checking account too. It was the most insane thing. And I was at the airport at the gate complaining as to, you know, this is too crazy. Like I called my bank and said, what's going on? I called to unblock a card and then you block the other one that wasn't even blocked. And when I called, they were like, the previous person said that the owner of the account said to block it. I was like, no, I didn't. That's scary that there are people that are doing that. It is very scary. So they have to keep unblocking my things constantly. I'm not concerned about it as long as they don't service me overseas. So it's a big deal. It is a very, very, very big deal. And this has been happening to me. And you know what's funny? I was traveling with counterpart, right? And counterpart was getting on another flight. And, you know, when it was, I I went to, 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 to pay for, what was I I think It was coffee and it was blocked or no, no, no. It was the, the magazine that I wanted to read. I was going to pay for it and it was blocked. I was like, what the heck? And he was like, again, again, again. I call the bank. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Again, again. So (laughs) we get to my my gate while I'm on the phone. The other one is. And my counterpart clearly said, I told you they're messing with you. They're going to keep doing this. I told you they're messing with you. They're going to keep doing this. And guys, even without using it, they're constantly doing this. This is just how dangerous it is. The corporations have a lot to lose. That's why they're canceling people. It's not because you know, you're saying things they don't like only the thing is the reason, the reason that they're doing this is because the banks, if you're banking with a bank that has something to lose, they will cut you off. If you're banking with a bank that has nothing to lose, they will mess with you as much as I, as they can. That's basically it. They're messing and messing and messing. The corporations are the ones that are having a problem. Giants like Amazon don't really give a shit. If it doesn't fly through, they're still safe. This is why they don't care. All of us hate Amazon, right? They're everywhere. They're big. But on the other end, they don't care. Because even if China doesn't take over, they're still going to be making bank. Whereas institutions like Facebook, J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, which suddenly has the Apple card. Have you guys noticed that Goldman Sachs is back into banking? That's what the Apple card is paying attention. All of these big other corporations, Walmart, they need China. I mean, who do you think paid for Walmart in Africa? Yeah. It was freaking China.
3: See, the total China African trade volume was 1 billion U S dollars in 1999. It was 6.5 billion U S dollars. And in 2000, it was 10 billion U S dollars. By 2005, the total Sino-African trade had reached 39.7 billion US dollars before it jumped to 55 billion US dollars in 2006, making China the second-largest trading partner of Africa after the United States, which had trade worth 91 billion US dollars with African nations. Many African countries are currently indebted to China, and China is now exploiting these countries due to the fact that they are unable to repay their loan. What China is doing in Africa is referred to debt-trap diplomacy whereby China intentionally extends excessive credit to another debtor country with the alleged intention of extracting economic or political concessions from the debtor country when it becomes unable to honor its debt obligations. Often, asset-based lending, with assets including infrastructure. If you are new here, welcome! Be sure to subscribe and turn on post notifications so you don't miss any of our videos. There are many African countries that owe China, but these are the top 10 ones with the most Chinese debts. Number 10. DR Congo Estimated Debt 3.4 billion dollars the relationship between China and the Democratic Republic of the Congo dates as far back as 1890 Fast forward to post independence DR Congo China is still one of the biggest beneficiaries to DR Congo's natural resources Ideally the Democratic Republic of the Congo was supposed to be the richest country in Africa since it has the most natural resources More than any other country, but due to high debts to China China is taking away these natural resources as payment of debt for example a deal was struck between Sico mines a consortium of Chinese companies, Sino Hydro and China Railway Engineering Corporation, and the Congolese government in April 2008 to grant mineral concessions in Katanga province in exchange for infrastructure investments. In a deal originally worth $9 US billion and funneled by China Exim Bank, $6 US billion would go to infrastructure development and $3 billion would be invested in mining operations in Katanga. 68% of the project would be owned by Sico Mines and the remaining 32% would be owned by Congo's mining Parastetal Jeka Mines. Critics of the project have alerted that the deal undervalues the mineral deposits in Katanga. The International Monetary Fund, IMF, has raised concerns about this deal negatively affecting the TR's ability to sustain its debt. Due to China's debt trap, the Democratic Republic of Congo has lost most of its natural resources to China. In 2007, the DRC exported 304.8 million US dollars worth of cobalt to China. In 2008, the DRC exported 1.13 billion US dollars of cobalt to China. Exports of copper ore and hardwoods to China also increased greatly, and most of these exports are geared towards the payment of loans of construction works done in DR Congo by the Chinese. The country currently owes China about 3.4 billion US dollars. Number 9, Ghana estimated debts 3.5 billion us dollars relations between the two countries date back to 1960 when the countries first established diplomatic relations since then ghana has provided substantial diplomatic support to the chinese with china reciprocating with material support for ghana's development since the 2000s the volume of chinese trade and investment in ghana has increased greatly from 4.4 million us dollars chinese projects registered by the ghana investment promotion center in 2000 Chinese registered flows had increased to 1.6 billion US dollars in 2014 alone. In 2007, China signed six agreements and a 66 million US dollar worth Chinese loan to expand and upgrade Ghana's telecommunications network. Beijing provided a concessionary loan of 30 million US dollars to support the first phase of telecommunications project to link all 10 regional capitals and 36 towns in Ghana with fiber optic cables. Recently, the China Export and Import Bank, Exim Bank, granted 562 million US dollar worth loan for the construction of the 622 million US dollar bui hydroelectric dam in ghana these are not the only loans ghana has gotten from ghana over the years though ghana has managed to repay some of its loans through its resources and direct payment it still owes china about 3.5 billion dollars number eight nigeria estimated debt 4.8 billion dollars the bilateral relations between the federal republic of nigeria and the People's Republic of China have expanded on growing bilateral trade and strategic cooperation. China is considered one of Nigeria's closest allies and partners. China is also one of Nigeria's important trading and export partners. According to a 2014 BBC World Service poll, 80% of Nigerians view China's influence positively with only 10% expressing a negative view, making Nigeria the most pro-Chinese nation in the world. Bilateral trade reached three billion U.S. dollars in 2006, up from 384 million U.S. dollars in 1998. During Chinese President Hu Jintao's visit in 2006, China secured four oil drilling licenses and agreed to invest four billion U.S. dollars in oil and infrastructure development projects in Nigeria. And both nations agreed to a four-point plan to improve bilateral relations. A key component of which was to expand trade and investment in agriculture, telecommunications, energy and infrastructure development. From 2000 to 2011, there are approximately 40 Chinese official development finance projects identified in Nigeria through various media reports. These projects range from 2.5 billion $2.5 billion loan for Nigeria rail, power or telecommunications projects in 2008, to an MOU for $1 billion US construction of houses and water supply in Abuja in 2009, and several rail networks. nigeria is the giant of africa in terms of economy it is still drowning in chinese debt. number seven cameroon estimated debt 5.5 billion dollars china and cameroon established bilateral relations on march 26 1971. cameroon is an adherent to the one china policy in the 2000s leading politicians paid state visits to and from each country this included cameroonian president paul bia's visit for a conference in 2006 and Hu Jintao's visits to Cameroon in 2007. Since the first forum on China-Africa cooperation in 2000, Beijing has successfully delivered $2.4 billion in development finance to Cameroon. $87 million of that total falls under the OECD DAC criteria for official development assistance. Major projects executed by the Chinese government in Cameroon include construction of the Kribi deep-sea port funded by a 207,270 billion francs loan from the Exim Bank of China, a 243 billion francs loan from China Exim Bank for construction of the Memvele Hydroelectric Dam in Nyabizan, construction of a malaria research center at the Yaoundis Hospital of Gynecology, Obstetrics, and Pediatrics. In the 2000s, some in Cameroon considered the economic relationship to be a form of neocolonialism. This was mainly due to perception that Chinese traders flooded the Cameroonian market with cheaper, extremely fragile manufactured goods, which stimulated the development of local industries. Number six zambia estimated debt 6 billion u.s dollars in 1998 china non-ferrous metals corporation cnmc bought a controlling 85 percent stake in zambia's chambishi copper mine for 20 million u.s dollars and invested a further 130 million u.s dollars in rehabilitating the mine less than 10 years later by the end of 2005 roughly 160 chinese companies had invested in zambia trade between china and zambia increased in 2010 to 2.2 billion u.s dollars Chinese investments in Zambia range from mining interests in Zambia's copper belt to investments in agriculture, manufacturing and tourism. As of February 2011, a total of 25 farms in Zambia are being run by Chinese entities. The country currently owes China about $6 billion. Number five, Sudan estimated debt $6.4 billion. China is currently one of Sudan's largest trade partners, importing oil and exporting low-cost manufactured items as well as armaments into the country. Between the year 2000 and March 2008, foreign direct investments made by Chinese firms excluding oil were equivalent to $249 million, and bilateral trade between the two countries rose from $103 million in 1990 to $9.7 billion in 2007. By 2010, China became Sudan's largest trading partner, and these investments had direct impacts on the economic prospects of the country as its revenue rose exponentially between 2000 and 2008. Moreover, it remains largely untouched by the 2008 global economic crisis since its oil exports were managed under long-term contracts in which the price paid for oil gradually increased irrespective of the world market price. Sudan is currently the fifth African country drowning in Chinese debt. Number four, Republic of Congo, estimated debt $7.3 billion. On February 22, 1964, China established diplomatic relations with the Republic of Congo. Both China and the Republic of Congo have donated aid projects to each other. The Chinese government fully funded the construction of a 52 million euro new parliament in the country. The government of the Republic of Congo funded the construction of the China-Congo Friendship Primary School, a school mostly for the Tibetan orphans in Chindu County, Ginkai, after the 2010 Yunshu earthquake destroyed the old school. Chinese state-owned financial institutions have provided development finance for infrastructure construction in the Republic of Congo. Based on media reports from 2000 to 2012 there were approximately 25 chinese finance development finance projects in the country these projects range from building highways linking brazzaville and point noir to constructing a 120 milliwatt dam to supply power to brazzaville there are several large investments by chinese companies in the republic of congo china gold is pursuing a copper mining joint venture in the country with the gerald group a us-based metal trading company canada-based mark industries majority owned by a Chinese shareholder, owned an advanced-stage potash project that has stalled due to lack of funding. For a struggling country with such huge debts, we wonder if such loans will ever be paid. Number three, Kenya. Estimated debt, $7.9 billion. Bilateral relations between Kenya and China date back to 14 December 1963, two days after the formal establishment of Kenyan independence, when China became the fourth country to open an embassy in Nairobi bilateral trade between the two countries amounted to 186.37 million u.s dollars in 2002 china exported 180.576 million u.s dollars to kenya while only importing 5.798 million u.s dollars of kenyan goods mainly black tea coffee and leather early in 2006 chinese president hu jintao signed an oil exploration contract with kenya the latest in a series of deals designed to expand Chinese overseas economic engagements with Africa. The deal allowed for China's state-controlled offshore oil and gas company GNOOC LTD to prospect for oil in Kenya, which is just beginning to drill its first exploratory wells on the borders of Sudan and Somalia and in coastal waters. In 2013, President Uhuru Kenyatta visited China. He held talks with his Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping. Kenya and China ended up signing deals worth $5 billion U.S. billion. Kenya currently owes China an estimated $7.9 billion US dollars. Number two, Ethiopia, estimated debt $13.5 billion. The economic relationship is multifaceted. Between 2000 and 2014, China provided over $12 billion US dollars in loan finance, usually tied to an infrastructure project undertaken by Chinese firms. There is growing Chinese investment in the Ethiopian economy, while imports of cheap consumer goods from China, $3.4 billion in 2015, greatly exceeding exports from Ethiopia to China. 380 million dollars in 2015. The Chinese appear to be interested in Ethiopia for political reasons. Among African countries, its governance and developmental orientation is closest to that of China, and it hosts the African Union headquarters, and as a business partner. Ethiopia's focus on infrastructure has created numerous opportunities for Chinese construction firms. Chinese aid to Ethiopia has included dispatch of medical teams and teachers, and educational scholarships for Ethiopian students studying in China. Ethiopian President Mulatu Teshome was educated in China. China's aid program funded the construction of a vocational school in Ethiopia. Number one, Angola, estimated debt, $25 billion. Angola is currently the first African country with the most Chinese debt and whether they will ever be able to repay this loan is a story for another day. The Angolan People's Republic established relations with the Chinese People's Republic in 1983. As of 2007, Angola was China's biggest trading partner in Africa. Trade between the two countries was worth over $24.8 billion in 2010. In 2011 and in the first eight months of 2012, it was the second largest trading partner of China in Africa after South Africa. In 2016, trade between the two countries was worth 15.6 billion US dollars. Chinese exports to Angola amounted to 1.68 billion US dollars, and Angolan exports to China amounted to 13.97 billion US dollars. Since the first forum on China Africa Cooperation Conference in 2000, Beijing has completed $465 million of official development finance projects in Angola. Financial amounts normalized in 2009. This includes a $90 million loan from the Exim Bank of China for the rehabilitation of the Luanda Railway and the construction of a 45-kilometer electricity distribution line between Quifangondo and Mabubas. Angola has also received $1 billion oil back line of credits for the China Exim Bank to repair the country's infrastructure. There you have it, explorers. Those were the top 10 African countries with the most Chinese debts. Thanks for watching this video. If you did enjoy the video, do or to give it a thumbs up and do not forget to subscribe and share with your friends.
4: You all were talking about, oh, it's just billions. We have trillions. You know, they're only talking about Chinese debt, right? Because they've got US debt too. They've got European Union debt too. They've got IMF debt too. I just wanted to address something totally random. Someone, a lot of people in the chat were like, you should stick with the credit union. You know, they're they're safe. They're not because they operate based on the U.S. Treasury. And the U.S. Treasury is a.k.a. the IMF. I just wanted to bring that up just to be clear. Now, uh, going back to China, as you can see, they entered into uh, the, the the African market. Um, and while we're talking energy and resources, the way they penetrated was facilitating them with American companies they funded. So Walmart got in there. Uh, the first step that I saw was that Carrefour, uh, from France actually entered and then was bought out by Walmart and took over. So this is how they got in, in the early 2000s. Um, The ability to purchase ports and energy grids and um, uh, mining rights, uh, mineral, oil, and gas rights uh, that uh, across the African nations were actually facilitated by the Obama administration, specifically Dr. Jill. There is, well, I have receipts. That's why I'm telling you. And Hunter Biden actually was part of that. I have receipts for that too. And so, it all started there. But in order for them to facilitate this, this is why I say, you know, nobody should 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 dismiss just because, you know, he's weird. He's very smart. So, um, he, they actually used USAID's bank account to bribe these officials. I'm making it clear. In 2017, when the Trump administration hammered down. This case came on to them for money laundering. They saw money laundering and they saw China. And that's one thing that president Trump promised to crack down on the abuses of China within our nation. And what happened was that corrupt officials within the DOJ knew exactly where this was going to ping back because the same account that they caught, supposedly caught Patrick Ho with, who was not a spy chief. Anyone saying that is just dumb. Okay. All they have to look is into is Lee's little black book. Patrick Ho not on it. Okay. Um, so what they did was they noticed that this was going to ping back to the Bidens and the Obamas. So what they did, they threw Patrick Ho under the bus claiming it was him that was moving this money. Yet, I just republished that episode that I had unpublished and you're going to see the ledger where you see the money going to the Bidens, the same damn account that Patrick Ho was thrown in jail for supposedly. So Ho was thrown into jail under the bus, got a three-year deal because he supposedly laundered money in a U.S. bank to bribe Uganda and Rwanda. That's not true. What's true is, is that USAID money was used they threw Patrick Cohen the, the bus, made it seem like he did it. Take one for the team, dude, because then the State Department's going to be under scrutiny. This is why in 2017, the first thing they did in the State Department was oust anybody that President Trump appointed. That is what happened. Because if you pay attention, anyone that was put in charge of USA, international office, they were ousted. They were being targeted first. They were being targeted first. Why? Because they were going to see the garbage that they were doing. They were going to see that the book that they hadn't been able to balance, the USAID book, for over 15 years, right? They were going to see that we were the ones using USAID to bribe nations. Same shit we did in Ukraine, we did in Africa. And they used our money in order to help the Chinese get in there so they can profit on the side. That's what happened. Patrick Ho took one for the team. That's the facts. It's not, you know, you know, sugar coated or anything. It's simple facts. This is a mob like activity that's happening with our money, our pockets. I mean, most of you now with the Wuhan lab opening up in Kansas, right? <clears throat> The city council's sitting there and the mayors are saying, we can't do anything. It's federal. It was decided during the Obama administration. It's like, shut up. When was the last risk assessment you had? 2012. It's 2021. Post Wuhan. Why don't you demand one? Why are you sitting on your ass and saying we can't do anything when one thing you can do is, yo, my computer's out of date after a year. After 10 years, my computer's dead, right? It's not going to work. Well, wouldn't you think the same technology kind of thing from 10 years ago that they convinced you would be safe has changed? Why not ask for a risk assessment? Why not pause the operation to get a risk assessment because every American's life is in danger? Oh, it's way too much for them. That's how you see that they're getting funded. When they make excuses and they throw people under buses that have no business being thrown under buses. You have to remember, too, that um, many nations, including, um, I wrote an article on it. You should look at it on Tory Says. It was a, maybe like four years ago. I talk about USAID. So go into the TorySays.com, go to the search bar, type USAID. I explained to you how they've been evicted from nations because they were using USAID money to create riots and overturn governments and bribe local officials. Like these things are just the way they go. That's how they operate. Our USAID is used to change governments and to bribe people. And what you're going to see is not only did they use USAID money to bribe African nations, but Dr. Jill and Hunter took it to another level. They bribed them so that they can make money off of China. Now, let's go to my article from today. Because uh, it's quite fascinating how, you know, all these people have this and nobody knew what it was. And it's quite interesting how, uh, you know, it's all coming up to the surface and everyone's like, oh, yeah. That- We have a conversation, um, on this, on this article where if my site would like to load unless it's crashed, (laughs) um, that actually has, um, him making the clear statement to the board. Uh, there were other people on that email, uh, that, um, he owns 50% of CEFC. And I put that article up today before I started the show, uh, to, uh, demonstrate that for you. So I think I'm going to have to do that through gab. Um, I'm trying to pull up my site, but it's really slow. Obviously I don't. Okay. So hopefully you guys can see the screen, right? You see the gab screen. Okay. So let me take you to the article if it wants to load. Oh, well, it loaded here. So, there we go. Let me let me share that. I got it. I got it. My kitty's not liking me doing this. Can you hear him, guys? He's not liking me. Um, there we go. Here we go. Now, I want you guys to take a look at this. Uh so first of all, I've put all the companies everybody keeps forgetting to talk about Thornton, uh which is a Chinese company uh linked to all of these uh companies here that are theirs. And as you can see, there's a little Obama in the main babushka of where, uh, Biden is. It's so frustrating when it's so slow and it's, and it's my site. So that's even worse because whenever I post, as you could see, there's like a little spiky thing at the top. Um, it's taking forever. And we're just going to hold on that one. Cause I want to show you, uh, the actual words. These are receipts where he clearly states that I'm in charge. Now, I I also wanted to make it clear that it also shows that it wasn't about Patrick Ho that they split the company up. There's more Hudson Wests than just Hudson West 3. So it's really important you guys um, understand that. There's more Hudson Wests than just Hudson West 3. Uh, There's a few of them, and many of them are still in operation so the title is exclusive Biden's own 50% of CCP Energy Company. And I say Biden's because Sarah Biden and James Biden, Joe Biden's brother, actually had credit cards issued to them directly from CEFC, the CCP Energy Company. So I wrote two paragraphs since nobody has any, you know, any ability. To read anymore. So I wrote Hunter Biden broke up Hudson West 3. There are more versions of Hudson West still in operation because he felt Mervyn and Kevin, his CEFC counterparts, were scrutinizing him, not because Patrick Ho, who was not a spy chief, was sacrificed to cover USAID money laundering in Africa. Story on that and how Dr. Jill fits into the Biden crime family syndicate and Barack Hussein Obama's administration involvement is in the works. Hunter Biden admits that he is 50% owner of the CEFC to the board of directors in a scathing email when lower-level employees questioned his expenditures. CEFC is a CCP-owned company that also has lease agreements for gas and oil rights that are serviced by both Colonial and Dakota Access Pipelines. That story is in the works, too. Stay tuned. You'll be very impressed how Hunter Biden is a high-functioning crackhead. So let's read this email for my, uh, for my listeners, um, for my audio listeners. And it, and it was that, um, basically what happened was, uh, he got, uh, an email telling him, Hey, we're not paying for the Sweden house. And that's an office in, uh, DC, right? So he got really upset that Mervyn and Kevin who work for him. Or pretend to work for him, let's put it that way. They're the front. Um, he got really, really upset that they weren't gonna do whatever. So he responds to them, and there's more people on this email, but because this was sent from his iPad and it was pulled, I couldn't um, I couldn't um pull the other addresses. So this is from his iPad. So he says, Mervyn and Kevin, the house of Sweden is my DC office space. It will be reimbursed. As for CFC accounting going over my expense report, I will personally sue you and Kevin and the accountant if you forward my expense report to them. I'm sorry to be so direct, but for the final time, I'm not in business with CFC. Listen carefully to what he says. I have never been a partner nor an affiliate of CFC. Hold on. Pay attention. Uh, So he's not a partner. He's not in business, he says, and I'm not an affiliate. Just listen carefully. I am amazed that my fellow board members do not see the inherent conflict, such an arrangement, if true, would create for the chairman and Mervin and Kevin and Jackie personally. Jackie is the secretary. Okay? Pay attention. Under U.S. law, the chairman and equity holder of a corporation partnered with a U.S. LLC, Owasco, through ownership of his wholly owned U.S.C. LLC, Hudson West, was in reality and in practice using CEFC employees and money to operate a privately held company, there would be an enormous conflict of interest. Pay attention to how he's setting them up. The notion that you, Kevin, and Jackie are insisting that such an illegal scheme is, in fact, your understanding of how this company is organized. Well, then I would say, in light of the ongoing investigations, you should not be surprised by warrant being issued related to this. Are you paying attention to what he's saying? Did you guys get it? Let me see the chat. Do you guys get what he's saying here? He's saying, you guys know this is a shell company. You know that I'm in business. Pay attention. Pay attention. So he's telling them, he's threatening them. If you don't do what I say, this is what's up. Okay, so this is what he says. That is why I'm stating unequivocally with no room for different opinions or interpretation. I am not in a joint venture with CFC. I am not partners with CFC. I am not employed or funded by CFC. My expenses will not be reviewed by a CEFC employee. The president of CEFC has no reason or right or ability to terminate Hudson West III. I am the managing director of CEFC. I have complete authority as to who I hire and fire. I have only employees that work for me in DC. Reimbursement of expenses is not a matter for the board. The decision lies with the managing director of alone if you refuse to sign the wire Kevin, I will seek to have you removed from the board for unjust obstruction of equity holder rights. I am the only equity holder on the board. I will bring a suit to in the Chancery Court in Delaware which you which as you know is my home state and I'm privileged to have worked with and every judge on that Chancery Court. Because the chairman is unavailable and his equity, according to you, has been transferred to the president in direct violation of the LLC agreement, I am certain the court will issue subpoenas for both the president and the chairman. And if they refuse to comply, the court will seek to pierce the corporate veil of CESC through any of its remaining holdings in the U.S. I could go on, but I don't think it's necessary. All expenses submitted will be reviewed for obvious error in the moment, and an accountant hired by H. Hudson West III will review when preparing Hudson West III taxes. Thank you in advance for your cooperation. If my expenses as submitted are not wired into the OWASCO account today, I will file an injunction to freeze all Hudson West accounts at Cathay Pacific and simultaneously seek a determination of control of Hudson West the Third. My fellow board members, your insistence on control of my capital in my account for my company is counterproductive in the extreme. Your insistence on control by an entity that has no legal connection to Hudson West III by contract or any verbal agreement will be the single biggest reason you will become even more entangled in issues that will swallow your careers for the next 10 years. Sincerely, Robert Hunter Biden, manager, director, partner, and 50% equity owner. I want you guys to understand what he said. Now, does that sound like a crackhead to you? No, it doesn't. He made it clear. Hudson West is a front for CEFC. I am going to take CEFC right from fucking under you because I own 50%. Therefore, I am a managing director of CEFC. And he claimed it, Freud and slip right there. So he threatened to take them to court because President Trump was in office at the time saying, I'm going to take you to court in my state, in Delaware, where the judges are in my pocket and I will confiscate everything and you guys will be going to jail. Sounds very, very threatening. Sounds very, very privileged. I mean, he also said he's privileged. So I'm trying to explain to you during the Trump administration, the Chinese were pretty much at the beck and call of the Bidens. So now that the Bidens are in office and the people won't accept it, even though the corporations have backed them like crazy, right? Now they're leveraging them. So I want you guys to pay attention to what you're actually seeing here. Flat out, rico suave. Flat out, huh? Corruption. Flat out, Pharaoh, I mean, something. Come on. He's working at representing Chinese interests, but is telling them, you know, that would be illegal if that was happening. And if you guys understand how the company works, then you guys are involved in something illegal. So he's taunting them, like, oh, are you saying that's the way the company works? Well, that's illegal. I'll take you to jail and say this is wrong. He's a mastermind. He's a functioning crackhead. He's a lawyer. He's smart. Don't underestimate him. He wrote that. And there's tons of stuff he writes like this. He's a very smart guy, but he fucked up showing his clout, saying that he's the managing director of the CEFC. So this, this is what he said. In other words, He's admitting direct connections with China, was upset that the CEFC employee was checking his stuff because they're not supposed to check it. They're just supposed to pay. So he got offended because China was trying to keep a check on him. And he's like, shut up, China. You want President Trump to come after you? Shut up, China. I'm dealing with this. Don't do that. So now how, how it happened is, They had all the leverage while President Trump was president. This is how they manage the people closest around the president to convince him to give them the Chinese memorandums of understanding for all the drilling places that they've been offered, for all the easements. And so the minute Biden swears in, what is the first thing he does, guys? The first thing he does, he releases our energy grids to China. That was a very big deal. Very big deal. And that was his way of saying, we're back in business, boys. But what did we do? We caused a lot of problems for Biden because we wrote letters to our attorney generals. And our attorney general, within three days in the state of Ohio, I know Texas responded to, and some other states, they sent the letter to to Biden and said, listen, dude, this isn't happening. We wrote and said, nope, this isn't happening. And that hurt the Bidens. So they had to take it in the next step. Let's shut down the Dakota Access Pipeline. The Chinese are getting froggy here. Stop getting froggy because, look, I could shut this down, and I'm going to leave it shut down. If you want me to open it, you got you to gotta give me some, China. That's what's going on right now. They're negotiating with the Chinese. They're the ones that are having the big problem, not us. Obviously, it's impacting us because we don't get gas. We don't have this, but the thing is we still have them in office and all of them are now just looking to see how they can profit. I have thousands of emails, uh, official ones, stupid drunk texts, stupid high texts, stupid high emails. This guy, when he's serious, he's serious. This was a threat. This was, you know, him flexing and putting him in position and He admitted that they have part of it. I have emails that even other people are saying, hey, you have so much percentage. You have so much percentage. You know what I also have? I have a blackmail letter from the Chinese against James Biden. Hold on. Let me see if I can find that for you guys. I think I have it. Okay. So, oh, Hunter Biden's not in bed with um, the Chinese. Oh, okay. Let me show you this. Now I'm going to show you another email. Give me a second. Let me pull it up. Now I'm going to show you how the Chinese blackmailed them. Okay, you ready for this? Let's do this. Let me get that up. Let me see which one it is. I think it's that one. Yes, it is. Okay, you ready, guys? So let me make this. Let me zoom this in for you guys. So this is an email that Mervin sent to Mervin. you know, the guy from uh, Hunter's... Uh, board hunter can you have this agreement executed cefc is doing accounting work year end and they want to have a cost sharing agreement in place they won't reimburse jim's expenses until they see this done wait a minute wait a minute stop wait i thought that cefc wasn't paying them like hunter said oh i don't what what so james biden joe biden's daddy right is not going to get his expenses paid if they don't sign this desk-sharing agreement. Oh, shit. It clearly says, and I go, wait, wait, because, you know, obviously Hunter was like, you're going to be guilty if you know uh, that this, right? <laughs> Look at this. Call me, you know, Merv- call me Mervin. You know, you don't write shit like that, Mervyn. What's wrong with you? That's what he said <laughs> to him. You don't do that. Can you Hunter, can you sign this as well? It's office sharing agreement between this is a first email. Can you sign this as well? It's office sharing agreement between Hudson West, the third and CEFC for upstairs finance department. But remember, Hudson was the third isn't waiting for C E F C to pay them because they're not the same. And it's like, like I said, your fucking journalists suck out there. Every single one of them. And I don't care if they hate me for it. They could hate me now. Love me later. Cause somebody has got to put this stuff out. And that's the way it is because they've had this. This is from the laptop. So why isn't anyone talking about it? Ah, I see. Because it's Okay. That Hunter Biden admits he has 50% of CFC because guess what? This agreement is actually between him and the CFC. And guess who's signing? CFC and freaking Hunter Biden. And they blackmailed saying if you're not going to sign the agreement that you're the front for CFC for the property of Columbus Circle, they're not paying Jim Biden's, you know, expenses. That's what's up. So they told him that you either sign this shit Or they're not doing it. So that's the problem. But you know, I was patient. I spoke to many journalists. I sent them stuff. Some of them were so high up there. Like, who's that? And it's like, I could be your worst nightmare or your best friend. You can pick who's that. So, So now, let's just take that into focus. We're in a time where we have a vice president that helped a foreign government take over other governments while enriching themselves. And that vice president was put into office by the Chinese and the corporations to make sure they don't lose the investments that they have within the United States. And in the meantime, we have the Australian press trying to, uh, it convinced us that Hunter Biden's an idiot because that's exactly what the Chinese want so they can have more leverage over our nation. So this is where we're at. We have blatant corruption, blatant money laundering, blatant thera. and your sitting supposed president is completely in bed with the Chinese because I got more receipts and his wife included, the second one, not the one that was sacrificed, the second one. So while people sit there and laugh at Parmesan hookers, you know, and the the disgusting kitty diddling, I get it. You're not going to get them on that. All of them are fucking kitty diddlers. You'll be surprised how much of that is out there. I was shocked to see it in my own backyard. What you need to realize is, is that this is war. It's a very civilized war. And it doesn't seem like we have a lot of people in our court reporting this and making this known. See, the FBI always likes to work on public reports, circular reporting, something that makes the news. Let's talk about it. And you know, Tucker said, whoa, look at that. You know, Daily Mail suddenly putting out news when no one would listen to them. Well, it's because nobody else is doing their job. Where's Breitbart with this? Huh? Where is it? They have the laptop, right? Where's big league? Huh? Where's the war room? Huh? Where are all these people? That you fund and like and share. Where's the Gateway Pundit, huh? And now all of them are going to be like, well, we can't report this because she called us out. No, you should be reporting it because I called you out. Because if you don't, the people are going to drop you faster than you can blink. No one's going to look to you for the news. Because you can't cancel the truth. And the more you don't report it, they will hate you more than the Democrats. They will loathe you more than the corrupt Bidens. Because you pretended to be their ally. So all of this has been provided to them. None of them have been reporting it. And that's a fact. See, it's okay if someone didn't know. I'm telling you, they all know. They all have it. That's the problem. And, you know, Project Veritas, this isn't their scope. So that's not what they investigate. But that's a problem. When you have all media ignoring real issues that concern us, Andy Breitbart is rolling over in his grave right now. That's what sucks. Because, you know, think about it. I get it. Tori, you shouldn't have called this out. <laughs> I've been sending you emails with all this shit and I've been putting it out for months. It's either going to die in the darkness or you're just going to pull it out when your handlers tell you to. So that's the way it goes. We've got, we've got supposed reporters that, oh, and by the way, no, they didn't. Those two people, Golf Hawk, Did not have it. I brought it to them. They had it. They just didn't know where it was. They had some of it. I brought it. Bottom line is, they're not putting it out. The only only media that actually talks about this is CD media. Um, And I know that CD media is putting together a piece about this. Uh, It's like nobody wants to report the news anymore. And if they do, it's going to be whitewashed. Like Jackie is some slut secretary. But as you saw... She was referred to as a freaking board member. Hello, hello. We need to be straightforward and call it out the way it is. I know. A lot of people are like, that sucks, you shouldn't have said anything. Now we're not going to publish it. And it's like, that's okay because the people know that you're not publishing it. And the people know that rather than humble yourself and put them first, you've decided to not report the news. That's a problem. Because I've sent it to each and every one of them. Now, maybe there are people that are looking at things deleted, you know, kind of like they delete news on Telegram and Gab and whatnot, cause they're salty. <laughs> they were waiting for Gandalf. They're a little bit pissed. <laughs> so, um, you know, fat round lady Gandalf. I mean, okay. Yeah. I'd like a Gandalf too. Okay. But bottom line is we have to be the news now. We can't rely on them. I'm trying to demonstrate that to you. If you're waiting for someone to save you, it's not going to happen. If you're waiting for someone to give you the news, it's not going to happen. Because they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. And the question that you should ask yourself is why? Could they be that pretentious to say, well, you know, we were expecting Gandalf and we're salty about that. Could they be that pretentious to say, well, she called us out. So now we're not going to talk about it. Don't mention it. Just fucking do it. No one's going to know. It's a small niche, I guess, a global small niche that listens to me. I won't fault you for running it. I'll fault you if you take it and you whitewash it. See, I was proud of the Daily Mail. Good job, Daily Mail, but you fucked up because you whitewashed it. That was a problem. Controlled opposition is a very big problem because you don't know who's on your side. And you can clearly see now I'm hoping you can clearly see. I've had the laptop since December of 2019. Everybody else got it in the summer of 2020, right? They've had it since the summer of 2020. Tell tell me what they've put out aside from porn and crack. They didn't do the right thing. They decided not to, okay? That's the deal. They decided not to do the right thing. And that's a shame. Because it's a complete disservice to the people. Now, you know, I know they're probably pissed. And it's like, I really don't give a shit. Because you're not more important than my nation. And I want my kids and their kids to actually have at least a version of the United States that can come on a soft landing. I don't need them to be at someone's beck and call. So that's fact. So closing today... Um, I just wanted to say Friday during the live show, Tom McDonald will be releasing a video. We're going to be sharing that live. So whenever it goes live, I'm going to play that. So on that note, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful evening. God bless. For those of you on Twitch, it's Wednesday. So we will be rating Steph, right? DJ Steph. Um, I will see you tomorrow. Same time same place. God bless. Oh, wait, I forgot. Tomorrow we're doing an early show. Shoot. Not same time, same place. It's an early show tomorrow with a special treat. So I'm going to start at 10 tomorrow. See you then. You worry about leaving a better planet for our kids. How about leaving better kids for our planet?
5: Entire generation offended at everything. Getting mad that a human thinks all lives matter. We don't need black or white or left or right. What we need is common sense. We need balance. We're all in the same boat. Why you trying to make holes? If they sink, we sink. This is madness. I'm offended that you're offended by me taking offense.
3: Can't build a wall. Why does your house have a fence? I believe in two
0: genders. I'm not mad at the rest. I'm just confused when a dude has a beard and some breasts. We won't always agree.